Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we hear from Nicholas Birig, a full-time Olympian, including gold in a remarkable London 2012 race and silver medalist at Rio 2016. Swiss star will be going for an unprecedented fifth games appearance in Tokyo next year. Nicola, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much. Uh, so you've had an incredible career that can be measured by one of the iconic races in the, in the sport uh, and your Tokyo ambitions are clear. So in a normal world, we would be in games mode right now. Uh, so what has been the impact of the postponement of the games on your plans for, for that fifth appearance? Yeah, obviously all the plans have been uh, remade, have been changed. Um, I'm in the mountains at the moment in Switzerland, where we usually have our summer camp, so that didn't change. That's quite nice. Um, there are not that many athletes here, just the ones from Switzerland itself. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, it's still a really nice place now to just train, uh, to have the family here on holidays and we look forward to the next races whenever they will be so we just train and enjoy the time how had your intended schedule been for uh, for the start of 2020 yeah i was actually in a camp in south africa at the beginning of uh, the year and was hoping to do the world cup in uh, cape down there but that was cancelled obviously even before uh, covid came around and then i was planning to do um, Abu Dhabi, but that was the, one of the first races cancelled. And as far as that extra year, then um, you know, are you able to look at it and just say, okay, we will repeat the plan in a year's time? There weren't it, 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 the knock-on effect of that delay aren't too great on what you had got planned for you know 2021 and so on. Yeah, I think. Of course, first I have been disappointed because I was excited to race the Olympics this year, but then I also saw a lot of positives. Um, One being that our third child has only been born last year. So to us, we are convinced that it's easy to go to the Olympics with a two-year-old instead of a one-year-old. It will sleep better, it will be easy to travel. So, um, And I was quite relieved that I finally have the time to do a proper build-up and to um, to train for a base first and then build up properly because after giving birth it was a bit of a, um, a busy time like getting back to training and doing the qualifying races and everything. So you have three kids now, uh, your husband Reto uh, was also an Olympic triathlete of course, um, presumably his experience as well and being in the sport must be a huge help in terms of keeping you on track for what you need to do and want to do as an athlete in relation to the family setup um and has has after each kid has it been progressively slightly easier to get back into the sport or actually you know having three does it does it then make it even more tricky to to find your way back to having that that time and that headspace to dedicate probably both um first of all as you said um, my my husband rito he has been uh, an athlete himself he has been to three olympics has been uh, on the world uh europeans and world's podium so he he knows exactly what i have to do to be a good athlete what it is like and that helps a lot uh, what helps me even more is that we could change roles so that um, I'm training, I'm working, if you want to say that, and 
he is the one at home having the main responsibility for the kids. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the only setup that works at the moment. I, I don't think I would continue sports if, if we would have to have someone else watching the kids. The first time it was certainly a lot of insecurity, a lot of un- unknown. I was leaving open um, if I would go back to training and racing or if I would just stop after the Olympics in London after having our first child. Um, and I would have been quite happy with it. Like I had such a, an amazing career for me. I was so happy with my career. And then I had my first child and I, I could say, well, whatever happens, if maybe my body doesn't want to do it anymore, maybe my mind doesn't want to do it anymore. I don't have any more motivation to go to races and train so that hard. Um, and I would have been happy to just stop and end my career and have the family. But um, I was also open to um, try and, and come back and it worked quite well. And because we could do this setup with Rito at home, I, I was really happy to try and continue. And the body changed. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm a different athlete now, but not a worse one. It, it's just different. I had to adapt again to a slightly different body. Um, the mind changed in the way that the family has is always number one priority now. And of course, you have less recovery. You have a lot more things in your life. But on the other hand, it's easier to deal with disappointments in sports. It's easier to deal with bad training sessions because you just come home and you see your little kid smiling and it's all it all doesn't matter anymore you know it, you know that there are much much more important things in life mm. and that helps a lot in in uh, racing and training as well so i think it has a lot of positives um but you do need to adapt it's different with a, a family and the second and third time to me every child is different every pregnancy every birth is different so you can't just say i had one child now i know how it goes let's do it the second and third time um you you have to adapt again you have to see how the pregnancy and how giving birth goes and to adapt the training you have to see what what child you have born and how the character is and if it sleeps or not so Mm -hmm. it's really you really have to be flexible but to me, it's, it was just an amazing journey and it still is. And it's a very, very busy life with three kids, but it's, I wouldn't have it other, any other way. Like it's so rewarding to have them at home and to, to see them. And I think the kids are making me way more proud than, than any win in triathlon. So that's my life. The way that the, the family has worked and that, you've, that the kids have kind of become a part of that lifestyle I guess um has in many ways extended your career then if you're you know after that first after the first kid you weren't entirely sure how it, mm. how could you be sure but uh, do you feel that that the fact that it has been able to continue unhindered at least <laughs> from the outside <laughs> looking at your results and so on um the result of did it come naturally? Was it quite meticulously planned? Was that, or do you feel like maybe you've just been very lucky in a lot of ways as well in terms of how it has slotted together so sort of seamlessly? Um, I think it's both. Um, 
I've been very lucky to have an environment that uh, allows me to combine both the family and doing sports. Like it needs, as I, as I said, it needs a partner um, who is ready to do that. It needs a coach. I was lucky to have a coach who said, yes, no problem. I had other um, athletes combining families and sports. That's possible. I'm happy to guide you through that. So I'm very lucky to have a coach with experience and with the openness to do that. Mm. Um, I, I'm lucky that I can financially do it. Not a lot of Swiss female athletes actually would have the possibility to to pay for a whole family, to provide a whole family. So there are a lot of puzzle pieces um, that had to fit. And I, as I said before, I, I didn't know, I couldn't know if my body would keep up, if, if, if that would be possible after three births in the end. And if my, my mind still wanted to do it. But on the other hand, yes, it definitely, like my whole life, I wasn't just doing sports. To me, it was always important to, to live a different life as well. Like I, I was doing normal school. Um, I was studying. I, I'm actually a lawyer. So I finished my law studies. I have a foundation. I have a kids race series besides. So it was never just about sports in my life. And that was the same with the family. I, I knew I wanted a family and either it would be possible um, combining it with sports or I would have had a family and finishing and ending my sports career. So um, being able to combine both, yes, definitely made my career longer because otherwise I would have just stopped and having the family and maybe doing something else. Hmm. You, you mentioned that your, um, you know, the way your body reacted after each birth and pregnancy as well has been different. So how, in terms of how you are able to train and able to race, um, what, what have been the, the most obvious changes, do you think? And it must have been interesting for your coach to have to work within that, those changes as well, was it? Yeah, definitely. No, no I was, as I mentioned before, I was glad that he had other athletes before um, becoming a mother and still keep training with him. So he had some experience and I could also ask those athletes how they had felt, um, how, how it worked after giving birth, how fast they got back. But as I also said, like every birth is different and every pregnancy is different. So you really need to listen a lot to, to your body and just it, your body gives you a lot of signs so mm -hmm. listening to your body and go by feel was probably the most important thing I did that of course I did that before as an athlete but I think I did it even more in, in that phase and it was very important um, yes my body was different of course first it needs some patience which mm -hmm. is always difficult for an athlete um, certainly during pregnancy it's important to not train too much you can sports is really good for for the baby and yourself but not on a high level uh, and like you used to as a as a professional athlete but just as a keeping fit and and doing some active work that that's really good so i kept fit i had luckily i had three good pregnancies and um, could always train 
basically until the last day. So I was really grateful for that. Mm. And I went into the second phase after giving birth with a bit of fitness. So I could build up and um, I didn't have major problems. It's like a sort of closed season in a way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's funny because there as well, every, every mom, every, every woman feels different, but I was kind of, um, I was really happy to have my body for myself again, like to not be responsible for another little amazing human being in your belly because you have to be so careful i was i was always so careful to not do anything that would hurt me or or the baby and then afterwards you you're just responsible for yourself body-wise again so it's um the freedom the freedom of those first bike rides back again and you know back to the mountains and Exactly. So, of course, being pregnant, I was always only riding inside uh, because I didn't want to have the risk of crashing. Mm. So being able to go outside and ride again, just that freedom, those things were really nice. And um, the body tells, I I felt stronger, which was a surprise. Like, um, I think I have a bit more muscles after, after those three births, which I didn't expect at all. So that's one change that came and surprised me a bit but yeah you just have to adapt and work with it so it's interesting yeah so going into london 2012 and so it was just you and reto at that at that point um did you were you approaching that olympics um very much with a you know you this was your third olympics did you feel that much more confident did you feel like you were building to that potential gold medal performance um yes to me it was really good to have two olympics before london um to to have some experience to know how it feels like to go to olympic uh, games um feel the pressure know the expectations and everything the third olympics i clearly wanted to win a medal so that was definitely the goal and Yes, London was the Olympics. I was preparing 100%. And it was also the reason um, we knew we wanted a family. And we we were discussing and I said, yes, um, I would love to have a family just after the Olympics in London because I really want to prepare the Olympics in London as a kind of selfish athlete, um, just doing everything perfect for the preparation not having to look after anyone else um we moved to the place where our coach was was coaching so we moved uh places um we were there really just for training and that was for me that was really important to being able to say afterwards i did this preparation was like absolutely perfect and a hundred percent that i could give and i had to do no um how do you say that like i I didn't have to look for out for everyone else or or look after someone and with kids that's always the case they have the first priority so yes london was like selfish athlete being absolutely 100 percent fit uh, giving everything mentally and physically and standing at the start line knowing what i have done Mm. and it was such an unbelievable race in 
obviously the finish was amazing, but in terms of, you know, it's you and Lisa side by side for the duration. Did you, do you remember getting a sense that were there various points where maybe she tried to shake you, you tried to shake her? Obviously there were other people in the mix as well. Um, but did you at some point realize, you know, this is going to be between me and her basically? <laughs> That was funny. Not really, actually. I saw her after the swim and I was quite happy to be close to her. I saw Helen Jenkins as well um, getting out of the water. So I was very happy that I, I was among those athletes because I knew they were really fit and, and in a good shape. So I saw them after the swim, but after that, I was just trying to catch the first small pack um, on the bike. I didn't really see them much on the bike but just try to control the pack um uh yeah after after we caught the first pack save some energy stay out of crashes and didn't really knew how they were riding or just knew that they were in the pack and then on the run we were i'm not sure the group got closer uh, smaller and smaller uh, the longer we ran and in the end we were five or six people and I didn't I didn't think it would be between Lisa and me I I more thought it would be either Helen or Erin Densham um, I knew Erin she she had a really good uh, start of the year and Helen had an amazing start of the year but um, I knew she was a bit injured so I couldn't really tell how bad it was but um, Lisa was always a, a hard racer, so I didn't count her out. I was just, to me, it was important that I myself could deliver the best performance possible and that I concentrated on me and really doing 100% what I could and deliver that and not really, it wasn't about who against which athlete I would sprint, but that I would win the sprint. <laughs> <laughs> but equally, you're, as a triathlete, it's not you're not a sprinter you're not training to get that extra centimeter at the finish line that obviously sprinters do train for so when it literally came down to those last 10 meters how did you think right I need to there's something extra that I need to give here just to because you were so side by side um as I said I have I do have a really um experienced coach uh, who had a lot of world champions and, and Olympic medalists before me. So he was actually telling me there was a, a huge chance that it would end in a sprint. And that's why we we did train the sprint in training. Like after every hard track session, I would sprint against the guys in my, in my squad. So that was always the last 200 meters, no matter what the training was. I was a 200 meter sprint. So I did, I did prepare a lot for that uh, occasion and that helped me as well like that. And Lisa and me did sprint against each other before, um, just a few weeks before the Olympics. I think it was the last time in Kitzbühel and I, I was able to beat her there. So little things like that, just details sometimes make the difference between also the confidence like yes i can do this i can i can win i know how to sprint or like ah oh, maybe she might be stronger and even that little thought can make a difference but yes of course we all know sprinters in triathlon so <laughs> um 
I think you could see the, the finish. I was not leaning forward. I was leaning a bit backward. So um, I was just glad it turned out like this. Mm. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it something that ever you ever think about had it had the the three four millimeters been Lisa's rather than yours um I, I see the sprint finish quite often when I have a speech in front of a company or something and every time I think and sometimes I say um, I just I'm, I'm glad it finished this way again and not so, suddenly Lisa is a centimeter in front of of me so um, yeah it's always it, I always still have a lot of emotions and, and goosebumps watching the sprint and seeing how close it is. Mm. But I had a discussion with my mother um, a few years ago if, if it was just luck. And she said, oh, you were just lucky. And I said, well, you always Thanks, need Mom. luck. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, you always need luck to be there, to not be sick, to, to not have a flat in, in the race and stuff. But... I, I do think like I was so aware of the situation. There was a screen um, at the finish line for the VIP guests um, to see the, the race. The race was on live on that screen. And I was watching Lisa on the screen coming closer uh, behind me. So I was extremely aware of the situation. I knew this was a sprint. I knew this is a four year preparation. And now is the few seconds you can, you can, win or you get second so i knew i gave everything and in my head knowing how much energy and how much work i put in to that preparation for this specific race for this specific moment i just knew i had to get to the finish line somehow first and i think in the end i ran more with the head than with my legs because there was nothing there anymore mm. but to me, it was not just luck. It was really like, I think even three, five, 10 meters more, I would have changed, still be in front just because I wanted it so bad and I knew I should be the better sprinter. So you were actually watching it on the big screen as you were exactly. coming Exactly, Exactly. I was watching Lisa and me like sprinting to the finish line on the big screen. So <laughs> yes, I knew without looking back, I knew exactly that she was coming closer and that it was going to be a really, really tight race. Jeez, that must have been quite off-putting or surreal <laughs> or what a... <laughs> well, I knew, I knew the situation from some track races. If you, if you go to big track meets in the stadium, you have that, you have the screens and ah. you don't look back, you look at the screens and... and watch the situation there so I, I it wasn't unfamiliar but um yeah it makes you aware that how close the, the athlete behind you is and to have had that achievement and to have done it in that style and on that stage and you know you say you yourself have watched it back several times when when it's been you know you've been doing an event or, or whatever and so it must be amazing you you have world champions all the time who never have that iconic moment for you it you know that massive race also dovetailed with being an iconic moment the fact is it odd to think that thousands millions of people still watch it all the time that it's uh, a bit of footage that inspires next generations all the time you know that it that it will be you know it's uh 
it's an immortal piece of footage. <laughs> is, that, is that a strange sensation in a way? Do you ever think about it? Well, no, actually, I, I have never thought about that like this. Um, I knew I've, we were joking uh, sometimes and I said, well, I, I, I would have liked it better if I would have time to take the, the Swiss flag and, and enjoy the finish instead of sprinting to the last centimeter. But um, of course, if you put it that way, and yes, you're right, like such a lot of people know this sprint, um, watch it again. And to me, it was quite amazing how many persons came up to me after the Olympics and were not um, asking me how I felt, but were telling me how they felt um, watching the sprint and how and where they were, like they were on holidays and maybe had no... TV and had to go to a restaurant to watch this sprint and like everyone had this little story about how they um, lived the sprint and saw the sprint and wanted to tell me like because there was such a lot of emotion from their side as well so that really in the in the beginning it really amazed me and but made me realize that yes it does inspire quite a lot of people and um, it's that's nice to to see and nice to know and that's why I also initiated the, the kids races and the foundation to just show the kids that um well even if they if they know that there's an Olympic champion at that race or if I show them the medal they are so excited so that definitely is nice to see and it shows the the power of the Olympics and the sort of universal impact that it can have doesn't it if the fact that I mean, it, it is, it's about people can be watching over breakfast at home, someone rowing or triathletes performing at that level. And it's, there aren't, there isn't another sports event that can bring out such incredible emotions yeah. every day for two or three weeks as well. It did take a while to realize I'm the Olympic champion. Like it's not just that you cross the finish line and say, yes, and and realize the whole impact. It takes a long time, I would say. And just probably to explain to people how it works after, after crossing the finish line, I think, yes, in our case, it was also a bit special because we, had, we first had to wait mm. until actually it was clear who won. And then immediately afterwards, there's a presentation, immediately afterwards, there's a uh, press, you have to answer questions, you have to go to the press conference, uh, doping control, another uh, press conference, and then like hours afterwards, you first have time to take a shower. And then, but that's for 10 minutes, and then you have to go to the Swiss house and you have a medal ceremony, ceremony day, and then you have dinner with your staff and friends. And so there is never even a moment where you can sit down and think, oh my God, I, I actually am the Olympic champion. Um, it took a long time first to realize, yes, I am the Olympic champion now. That was really weird. In Switzerland, there are only four women in, in, in history who have won a gold medal at the Olympic Summer Games. And the first one was in 1900. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's huge. Like it's something that obviously doesn't happen really often. And, um, then actually my coach came to me and he said, now you have an obligation. Now you need to inspire people. And I said, well, no, I just, my goal was to win that race. 
And he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> now do you actually are the Olympic champion and now you have to, um, yeah, you, you, you have to use that and inspire your people and, and give back. And that's when I started to think about it and um, to, to realize that I would like to inspire kids and help kids and, and show them what sports can do to their lives. Rio 2016 um, and coming back in as defending champion, but obviously preparations having been hit, you broke your hand in Abu Dhabi, right? At the start yeah. of that season. And obviously Gwen very much sort of hitting her, her prime as well. Obviously the, the you and Lisa battle for that iconic finish, but you versus Gwen Rio 2016 was, was equally <laughs> absorbing as a, as a spectacle. <laughs> um, yeah definitely it was uh, not the best preparation as you mentioned I, I was doing the first race of the season in Abu Dhabi I was quite excited because everything was going really well and then um, due to a mistake of another ride I crashed and I broke my hand so that changed the whole preparation the whole plans I wasn't able to do any other international races before Rio, so I was I haven't raced against the best girls. Um, like I think I hadn't raced when since four years since the Olympics in London because I had a, a baby and and I was going for the marathon Europeans in two fourteen and to either an Ironman and mm. so we always missed each other and I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, it was certainly not. Um, the easiest preparation also being a mom and being the defending champion and knowing that Gwen, when she was um, going on the wrong course with the first girls, I think she had never been beaten since the four years. So um, we prepared the best we could. Um, I had different tactics going into the race and I felt quite well. I was, I was quite confident I was in a good shape in the end and uh, it, it was it was a huge challenge like I I tried to do a lot on the bike I tried to get away but um, the other good riders like Flora Duffy she had a bad day Helen Jenkins was sick um, yeah the other one or two Americans who would have been stronger like having cramps and stuff so I had not I didn't have really some people to ride with I was just trying to make the course hard and then on the run I knew that Gwen would be uh, really fast so I just tried to hang on and really suffered the first half and then she she uh, showed me that I should go in front and for me it was like oh maybe she isn't 100% sure she's winning so maybe <laughs> maybe I do have a little chance but um, then she like I waved her in front again because we were in the headwind and she didn't want to go in front. So I said, well, I already have a medal, so you, you need to do more work. And that's where we were discussing a little bit. And for me, that was the hope that I could get her out of her rhythm and um, make, it, make the race different to what she's used to. But I also knew I only had 10 seconds because number three and four were only 25 seconds behind. So I needed to be careful they wouldn't catch up. So it was, it was a tricky race. Um, I was really proud in the end because I thought I had given absolutely 100%. Going 
when was better but to me that was a better race than london i delivered a really really good performance and winning another medal silver medal this time and having my family like Yanis and my husband Rita waiting at the finish line was probably even more emotional than the, the gold medal like to me that was knowing all the circumstances and and what I've done I was I was really really proud of that race mm. and you and Gwen were did you were you able to sort of enjoy it together like have a little laugh together about the, about the, the conversations and so on afterwards uh, we didn't really meet for a lot of, of uh, occasions. Of course, we, we hugged at the finish line and then we had this medal ceremony. And then we met at the sponsor's tent a few days after. But funny enough, the, the race wasn't really the topic, but she was seeing uh, Yanis and my family. And she said, oh, yeah, I want to have a kid. I want to have a kid. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that was actually more the topic. Um, and and we didn't really discuss the race that much here and i didn't see her afterwards so yeah. that was it so given rio 2016 with uh yanis was it yanis sorry your oldest yes with Giannis, Giannis, yeah. uh watching uh athens 2004 <laughs> can you do you have a, a favorite olympic memory do, would it have to be 2012 or if you're looking across all four olympics even, you know, that, that first qualification, knowing that you'd qualified for Athens must have been enormous as well. Yes, it, it's really difficult um, to pick one memory, Olympic memory that stands out. Of course, standing on the podium, on the top of the podium and hearing the Swiss anthem as, a, as the Olympic champion, that is, will always bring a lot of emotions and goosebumps, but Olympic Games is also about a lot of other things and um, for example this is a young athlete in Athens just sitting in a food tent and watching the athletes coming in and going out and, and seeing the shapes and sizes and the huge basketballers and the, the really small um, gymnasts and like realizing that you're at the biggest sports event in in the whole world and all the best athletes of the world are here such moments were really impressive to me as well and that's what makes the olympics um so it's and i think that's one reason i'm i'm now still going for my fifth olympics um i've won one medal i've won two medals so it's not really that's that's a challenge as well but it's it's also just the olympic experience and the the stories around it and now going with my three kids um will be an experience in itself that is that you can can never experience otherwise like it's just so so precious that i think um will be amazing why wouldn't you want to be involved? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you think, do you think you would go even with your family, even just to, as a spectator, because it is just something that you can't help but get swept up in. Right. And it's not necessarily the first thing people would think of as a family holiday or trip yes. and so on, but it's. Yeah, definitely. I, I think as a family, like if, if you don't go there, they like as we go now for a real big reason, um, you think about it twice because 
it will be really hot in Tokyo. It will have a lot of people. Um, our kids are still small, so um, it might not be possible to do some things that take uh, longer. So I probably wouldn't at this stage uh, do it just for a family holiday. But definitely, we, we will be there. And my goal, I, I was already asking for, <laughs> for um, after my race to, to invite the family to the Olympic Village. You can do that with the family and to show them everything and to really give the kids an impression about what the Olympics are and what it's all about. Yeah. You didn't do the Tokyo test event, did you? What do you... What have you seen or know of the course there and and um and the bike course and so on? Is it something you're excited at the prospect of racing on? Um, yes, definitely. I, I wasn't going to the test event because yeah, my the youngest one was like three months or four months, so it just didn't make sense as a family and, and but um I have watched the the videos, I've watched the race, I have um all the the athletes, the Swiss athletes were telling me all their experiences and I find I find the bike course really interesting, it will be flat but I think it might still be a challenge with uh, a lot of corners on the course so yeah I, I'm, I'm really I'm excited about racing there because also that's one of the fascinating things at each Olympics, my circum circumstances changed, like from young athlete to experienced athlete to um, real contender to having a family and being the uh, the Olympic champion and now to having three kids. Like I always needed to adapt and to think about how how do I prepare to still be able to be uh, the best I can be at the Olympics. But then it's also the course, which is always changing and which is always different. So that's something interesting as well. You always need to, to adapt and to change your training um, to fit the suit, the course. And I mean, yeah, your youngest was only three months old for the test event. But then obviously the Lausanne Grand Final was just after. Obviously much more local and handy for you to be involved in. But, but that, I mean, it was a tough bike course and it showed that you still have that insatiable drive on the bike and that you know <laughs> that that was that was an impressive performance and and it looked like a, a race you you enjoyed even if you weren't necessarily getting a huge amount of help on that bike pack to to really drive that group forward and and help close the gap yeah to me it's always an honor to to start at home uh in Lausanne it's it's a great atmosphere it was it was great to start in in Switzerland uh, at the world championship series final so I enjoyed that um, the course as you said was really hard and I knew I wasn't 100% fit of course after such a short time after giving birth so I just did my best and um, I suffered a bit on the run but being able to to still be top 10 in the world um, with those circumstances made me really proud and and yeah i was happy with the race mm. great well nicola thank you very much it's been lovely to talk to you <laughs> no problem thank you some brilliant insights from an inspirational champion there 
We'll be back next week with another special guest. Uh, don't forget to comment on the World Triathlon Instagram and let us know who you would like to hear from on the World Triathlon podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>